Mana 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 this is social discasting welcome to social discasting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a television writer a comedian an improviser and a co-host of the wonderful podcast doughboys and how did this get played he's a socal surfer dude something of a heat seeker and he is the guest on this, what is actually the 100th episode. It's kind of wild how kind of the stars aligned, but please welcome Mr. Nick Weiger. Welcome. Hi. Hi. 100 episodes. What a milestone. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I really Brandon, appreciate that. Brandon, h- how many episodes do you do a week? It is a real prison of my own design. It is Got it. three episodes a week. Okay. I s- <laughs> but I started it with the thought of, you know, the whole show is surrounding just how people are and it's kind of evolved a little bit. You know, when it started, I started it with the, what ended up being an even more of a pandemic, but it just keeps going. And now that it yes. is, I feel like, yeah, I need to really recalibrate this whole three three times a week thing. Well, because you said 100 episodes and I was like, it can't be possible that we've been we're in week 100 I know, yeah. of covid but then i was like maybe it is maybe it has been that long and maybe i've just lost all sense of time as we all have i was gonna say do you think are you able to keep up with like relative time I, it's that weird thing this year where it feels like both the longest year and yet i'm also like how did we just pass thanksgiving already yeah, and you know, I mean, I feel like we've been hearing for four years about how this is the most important election of our lifetime, which also I've been hearing for 40 years, because they say that <laughs> yeah. about every single presidential election, and often the midterms. But yeah. it, the stakes of this election in the, you know, as a, uh, a rebuke of 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 trumpism or whatever it's like people have been talking about how in such huge and it felt like the primary season was so like important and so long and then it felt like the election happened and the whole the fucking three debates and whatever and people were just like yeah whatever like you know (laughs) it it felt like all of it was just kind of shrugged off yeah yeah i did think about that too of like um i i understand like i i have a, a fair understanding i guess of the stakes of it all and and certainly but i do also think that like how much is it that I'm just more aware of what the stakes are? I know that they are dire. I think that's a fair word. Not that, you know, necessarily the, the replacement is dramatically better. but Oh, I know. don't know. I'm a Biden bro all the way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, I definitely, I mean, I'm Buttigieg all day, every oh, day. Oh, you're a Mayor Pete guy, yeah. God, he's just, I, you know, I just have a thing for charisma, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> he's got it in spades. Oof. Man, just that monotone, the way he shifts accents depending on where he is. What a what a great actor. And a and obviously a an amazing podcaster. Yeah, you get from Mayor Pete, you get from him, and then Ossoff is the other one I see it of guys who are just like so and this isn't my observation, a lot of people made this observation, but they're just so transparently trying to emulate Obama's cadence and delivery. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, oh, man, it feels so fucking phony. It feels like when I feel like after Clinton and Clinton used to do that gesture, that was the it was like a calculated gesture where it was like you're pressing uh, your thumb into yeah. a fist, but you're pressing your thumb forward. So it's like both. A, it's a combo of a precision get combo of a precision grip, rather precision grip. And yeah. a uh, and like a fist, so it's like conveys both strength and you know intelligence. It was like a calculated like fucking focus group gesture that he was making, and then every politician was doing that fucking gesture in the aftermath of Bill Clinton. I don't know. It, it's like I don't. I just don't fucking. 
it's tough because it is important, but then you see what happens, and then you're just like, well, fucking, I guess we're not going to worry about, I guess we don't actually care about solving any problems. We're just like, you know, we just care about the, like, making the optics better, and then the problems will remain. Yeah, it's what it seems like. It seems like the the last thing anybody wants, I mean, it's that, that thing of, like, all this shit adds up. All right. the, the not correcting things or not, at least, like, changing things to a direction of trying to make things better. And each generation of these crops of politicians that seem to just be like there for 30 years at, in a clip for the most part, or certain ones right. anyway. And then they're just like, yeah, well, this is what works for us monetarily. And, and just in this is the playbook that we know works. So we're just going to keep this going. And then it's just they hand it off to the next crop that does the same shit. Yeah, well, I mean, there there hasn't even been a next crop, though, if we're talking about the Democratic Party. True. I mean, it's the same fucking... It's just it's just the same fucking people who are still there and just in you know it well, like like Nira Tandon Rahm Emanuel we're bringing these people back this is, this is what we're doing all right sure I don't know it's it's exhausting it reminds me of, of sports in that if you get in as a coach it feels like you've got you know for like football especially but but also basketball if you're just optically anyway okay enough you'll get on like two more teams. Yeah. You'll just be recycled because like, oh, there's the name recognition or there's just enough. Like people know that. They know that. Yeah. yeah it's a work. Work leads to work. Even in like, you know, the fucking elite circles, you book work God. and then they, you get more work. It's just uh, unbelievable. But I do want to ask you the question that I always ask is just how are you in general? Hey, you know, I'm hanging in there. That's good. How are any of us? We're hanging in there. It's a deeply unfair question to ask people, and yet I do every episode. I would say that here, here is my my thoughts on this in general: is like if you are at the if you are at the point where your biggest problem is that you're a little bored and listless, uh, you know, and that you're a little like stir crazy. If that's your biggest problem, you are doing great because there are so many people who are food insecure or, you know, uh, unhoused, um, or, you know, jobless and broke. And, and uh, I mean, it's just like there are so many people who are in dire economic straits, to use Absolutely. the word dire again, um, word of the podcast. And it is, and and so if you're, if you are at a state where you're like, you're still reasonably comfortable, you're just a little bit bored, you are in amazing shape relative to a lot of people. So I, you know, I count my blessing. No, absolutely. And, and same here, for sure. This is completely unrelated, but it does tie back to optics. You mentioned something that resonated with me, and this is a, an absolutely like benign, deeply unimportant thing and that I'm fascinated by. That You mentioned on a Doughboys episode recently, and that boils down to The Rock on Instagram. He's full of shit, right? I don't think he's eating any of that food. I don't he think so either. So, at like, all. he has these cheat day things, and he po he'll post like a fucking gigantic, you know, bowl, like a fucking salad bowl of fettuccine alfredo. Yeah, and like and giant then, like, pancakes and gigantic pancakes. And, yeah, yeah one hunt. Yeah, he just he's got all this stuff. He's got soft pretzels. He's got like a fucking uh, you know one of those Instagram milkshakes that has a cake slice in it and a fucking peppermint stick sticking out of the top of it. And he's like <laughs> he's like saying like cheat day. This is my Sunday. And it's just there's no fucking way. There's no so way you are eating 
10,000 calories of pure carbohydrates right now. You that is you are just not doing that. There is this is like a thing where this is part of your attempt, your very calculated attempt to be like relatable and be yeah. like, "Look, I'm I'm a regular guy just like everyone else. Hey, if I could, I'd eat like this all the time." But it's just like there you're not like all that food's going in the trash. I know it's it's absolute horseshit. Like, give me a fucking mukbang video of you eating that. That's what I want to see for your cheat day. Let me let me see the rock wolf down all that all that fucking food. That's what I think about anytime I see on Instagram or any other social media platform. I suppose of just the relatable. I'm just like you, but especially with food, where you never see video of anybody eating that giant piece of pizza sure. or that thing that they hold. And I'm like, just show me the video. Yeah, get, like, just just uh, at least make that effort. But just a still photo of your spread, <laughs> I, I don't believe that that is actually being consumed in anywhere near, like, that, that you're getting anywhere close to 100% of that food into your body. I, d- no. I just don't buy it. No, he's a 50-year-old man who is in better shape than statistically anybody is ever in their life. There is no way he can afford any sort of setback like that. Now, this is a guy who is, like, all about his entire life is routine. Right. So and if no he is, way. if you are doing it, hey, I'll I'll gladly eat my words. <laughs> you just eat that fettuccine. You know what I mean? Just, just, just fucking shut us all up. Look, I'll eat my words, and I'll, I'll put it on video, too. There you go. That, but the reason, like, he, to me, in terms of, like, what a, what a celebrity or anybody else will do on social media to show, see, I'm just like you, or or just to, to put up that ruse, the reason I'm like, there's no way he's eating that food outside of I just don't think he is, that in early September, I think, or mid-September, he posted on Instagram a photo of his steel, like, iron giant security gate mm-hmm. on the ground. And he put in a long post that he ripped it off because he was going to be late to set. Okay. It's unbelievable to me because it's so like, wow, you're really like, you flew too close to the sun on this one. Because this is what... Yeah, please continue. No, I was just to say, this is what his post says. It says, not my finest hour with the emoji of the hand to the face like, oh no. But a man's got to go to work. We experienced a power outage due to severe storms causing my front gate not to open. I tried to override the hydraulic system to open the gates, which usually works when power goes out, but this time it wouldn't. Made some calls to see how fast I can get the tech on site, but I didn't have 45 minutes to wait. By this time, I know I have hundreds of production crew members waiting for me to come to work so we can start our day. So I did what I had to do. I pushed, pulled, and ripped the gate completely off myself. Tore it out of the brick wall, severed the steel hydraulics, and threw it on the grass. My security team was able to meet the gate technician and welders about an hour later, and they were apparently, quote, in disbelief and equally scared. Not my finest hour, but I had to go to work. Yeah, I mean... I, I I don't know. It just seems so calculated. That's just yes. like 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 oh, I lost my temper because I care so much about the people who work for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I mean, like that's that's how it, what it's couched in, and so I, I have a hard time buying that too. I, I would like to see the MythBusters see if they can get like one of the <laughs> world's strongest men to rip an iron gate from its foundation. Like, I, I wonder if that is even possible for a human being to do. I don't know. Maybe he did it. I don't fuck. I, I don't know. I know. This could Sounds be completely impossible. steeped in cynicism on my end, and fair enough. But also, though, from what I understand, from what I've been, what I've heard, it's not out of the ordinary for him to be, like, six hours late to set. Sure. So, on top of that, just the idea of 
ripping gates off to get to set on time, if not or whatever. I just think that's it's amazing. So maybe that's even coming from maybe this is this whole post is has another layer of motivation, which True. is that he knows that this reputation is circulating. So he wants to put it out there. That this is just how much he cares about work. And that so if anyone says that, then then, you know, either they're full of shit or his fans will be like, well, he probably had a pretty damn good reason. Look at how much this guy cares about work. True. I don't know. I mean, that's it's fucking. Yeah, I don't buy that one at all. <laughs> I don't either. I just think I don't know. I'm weirdly ever since I saw that and, and even previous to that with like the cheap mail stuff, I've been just fascinated to see what like what what else is he on? Like, OK, this is our threshold of like the most extreme to me but what if he you know what if he transcends it so now i'm just like uh weirdly invested in a thing that really in no way matters right but i don't know maybe it's just my my covid hobby for the moment hey but, great uh, wrestler <laughs> hey he was great in the ring great on the mic he is an incredible entertainer just in general mm-hmm. more power to him he gives joy to millions so last week you did a power hour do you feel that the next day or are you pretty much like you drink your water and you're okay by the time you go to bed? Yes. So for those who are not familiar uh, with what Brandon's talking about is drinking a hundred shots of beer in a hundred minutes. Generally, we did it. We did 60 and 60. That's the a, a, a power hour for an actual hour. Uh, and this was part of a live show for the High and Mighty podcast, John Gabris's podcast, that me and a few friends, Nicole Byer, Betsy Sidaro, Mike Mitchell from Doughboys, Menno Gapian, we all uh, hopped in and did this for a live stream for charity. I would say that it, if anything, it was disconcerting that I didn't feel it more because yeah. I drank a heroic amount of alcohol. And, you know, I drank the, all the it, and I was feeling really bad that night. I felt really out of it. And the next morning, and then, you know, I, fin- I I drank a bunch, I ate an entire pizza, and then I drank some more, um, I ate two ice cream sandwiches and half a bag of chips, uh, and then I went to bed. And I woke up groggy, mm-hmm. um, took some ibuprofen, got a few more hours sleep, woke up again, and then was just kind of like, you know, not the most hungover I've ever been, just kind of like fucking, and that kind of made me think, like, mm, maybe this is bad. Because if anything, during lockdown i'd been drinking kind of to excess a little too frequently yeah and so i don't usually drink that much that rapidly so i really felt it but i the recovery was not as bad as i anticipated and that did make me think maybe i've been drinking a little bit too much so if anything that was more that was kind of a wake-up call well fair enough so i know that you said too i mean you've you've had dry months i suppose yes in that regard maybe did it make you think okay i need to do another one of these well we're Five days out, I believe, from when we recorded it, uh, when we did the live show, and I have not had alcohol since, and I have no, you know, immediate plans to resume drinking. So, you know, I think I'm kind of, kind of in one of those spells right now, kind of in a, a an intentional dry spell, if you will. Fair enough. I, yeah, I, I know what you mean, though. Like the idea that uh, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna feel terrible the next day, and then you don't feel as bad in your head as you feel like you're supposed to. So yes. then it's like, oh, is my am I bi- biologically too accustomed to drinking? In that case, drinking that much, or or not dramatically more than that? Yeah, and 
uh, also I like I have sometimes I have moments where I feel like like oh am I dying you know like I drink a lot and I'm just like am I is this uh, am I going to die and I don't like I don't that's not a fun feeling either at the other mm. end of the spectrum. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would love to outgrow it. I would love to reach the point where I'm like, I don't really want to do this much anymore. It doesn't help me relax. It just stresses me out and makes me feel like shit the next day. And I don't actually have a desire to do it. Uh, so, hey, maybe this will this will lead to something of a breakthrough. I know for drinking specifically, for me, I, I don't drink because I did drink, you know, as my coping mm, mechanism. Right. And it was just it got really bad. So. And I'm not in any way puritanical about anything like that. So more power to anybody who yeah, wants do to do the that. Yeah, whatever fuck you want. Yeah, absolutely. I'm for decriminalization of everything, but I will, I just like, a booze particularly for me. And the other aspect of it is I just pack on the pounds. And I feel like the only drugs I've ever responded to are fattening drugs, which I don't love. I would love it if I had, if I was into drugs that didn't make me gain weight. Um, yeah. But, you know, I like I like uh, marijuana at times, although I had a panic attack from from an edible. That's so why I haven't returned to it. Uh, that was last year. And then I like, uh, you know, I like alcohol and alcohol directly makes you fatter and, and marijuana indirectly makes you fatter. So I just I'm trying to I'm trying to stay slimmer, too. So I'm just trying to be conscious of that. Speaking of which, when you when you do Doughboys, I know it's an amazing show, first of all. God but, bless you. You're wrong. I, but but thank you for saying that. <laughs> Fair enough. But um. It's an amazing show, in my opinion, and that, you know, it's eating fast food. So when you're not recording the show, is it a lot of salads? It's a lot of health-conscious food, I would imagine, because I know for me, it doesn't take a lot for me to feel like I gain weight. Like, my metabolism is just, it's not a, a revelatory thing, but it is in no way what it used to be. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how I'm doing emotionally, honestly. Because yeah. I, I just, I have always eaten as a coping mechanism and, and consumed alcohol. That's what I do. I eat and I drink. I have a whole fucking sleeve of Oreos and a whole bottle of wine. You know, I mean, like, I, I just, I will have a lot of, gar put a lot of garbage into my body to try to make myself feel better. Um, it doesn't work. I still keep trying it. Uh, but I, so, like, if I'm not doing well, I will have a lot more, my, di my real diet will match my Doughboy's diet uh, a little too closely. I'll, I'll I'll be having fast food multiple times per week, and not just for the podcast. And and also like you know if I go to a non fast food restaurant, I'm getting something uh, something heavier heavier and unhealthy. You know so. Yeah. Or if I make something at home, even you know, same same sort of thing. I'll I'll make myself something heavier and unhealthy, and and not be as conscious when I'm doing my grocery shopping of buying nutritious foods. So that'll be like yeah, if I'm if I'm in a bad uh, or, or a worse place, then then I'm doing more of that. And if I'm doing better, which like I'm actually kind of doing okay right now, yeah, I'm eating pretty healthy. I mean. Being very uh, conscious of carbs, that's been the one thing that's that's worked for me personally in terms of keeping my weight down is just not having a fucking shitload of carbs, sugar in particular. And uh, and so, you know, I just try to be mindful of that and uh, have, uh, I don't know, have fucking, uh, yeah, I, a salad. For, if, I'm, if I'm doing well, my lunch is a very boring salad. And yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in one of those places right now. It's funny, like with salads and, and just something... I guess more on the culinarily mundane side, but I do wish sometimes, as much as I love food and the taste of food and just, you know, different forms of cuisine and things like that, I do sometimes wish that I was the type of person who just ate for fuel 
because I feel like my life would be more simplified. But then again, you know, good food is just, it's hard to beat. So, you know, you, you, it's a deeply imperfect thing, I suppose, like anything else. Well, I mean, it's just, it's, I had a period where I was eating like just very, very cheap stuff when I, when I was, uh, when I had a lot less money and, and we're sort of rationalizing it of like, if I'm going to spend money, I want to spend it on a video game or something like that, like a yeah. possession. And then I just, I, over time, I was just like, wait, no, you should spend money on experiences, not possessions. It's, it's a thing I heard. And then I started living by, and I, I think it's pretty true. It's just like, you'll remember this amazing meal more so than you will those speakers that you had for a few years. You know I mean? That'll, that'll improve your life more overall. Um, Cause really what you're doing is you're spending money on a memory and I will, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I'm with you, but I think if you, if you pick your spots a little bit, that's what, that's what I struggle with is that, that's, that I just end up, I'm like, oh, I want to eat a fucking this right now, you know, instead yes. of being like, oh, I'll, I'll make this a special thing. And then that'll stand out more instead of being a blur of like, you can't remember what you had, uh, and you actually spent some money on that meal. You know what I mean? It's 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 just like like trying to pick your spots in terms of when you're indulging and when you're spending money on food. No, absolutely. Like it's trying to retain the value of things, you know, like less less can be more. And yeah, you know, I have that dumb animal brain though, where sometimes it's just like, that's good. I want that again. And I sure. really feel like I need, I have to be more conscious than ever just to override that especially i suppose with something as as much of a mind fuck as all of this is right now and you just are seeking comfort wherever you can right i mean you know hey the rock kind of has it right whether (laughs) it's artifice or not he's got that one big fucking meal that's like his big treat that's a special thing for him and the rest of the time he's ostensibly eating uh, eating healthy eating lean proteins and you know vegetables so hey, if you kind of can set things up for yourself that way, where you're giving yourself a couple of treats a week, uh, instead of it being just your regular everyday thing, instead of like having the fucking sixty-four ounce soda that you're downing throughout your weekday, making that be like, oh, I'll have a sugary treat uh, uh, for one, uh, uh, like for one meal or something, or as one dessert. I mean, I think that's that does seem to be a a, a better approach, and also I think you enjoy those indulgences more. For sure. No, absolutely. That's what I'm, yeah, it's definitely, it's a goal for me, but it really goes against my natural tendencies. So it's a real fucking struggle. But I I do want to ask you real fast. I know you have a heart out in about five minutes, but I know the PS5 just came out relatively recently. I had a general question for you, just for your opinion. With these general, with these new like gaming systems and the new iterations being what they are, are consoles just ultimately just becoming i guess more expensive or are they just becoming pcs basically it feels like they're just becoming gaming pcs well i wouldn't call them more expensive pcs i think if anything they're like you know they're they can have a thinner margin on them because they're making money on all the software uh so yeah i think you could actually get a pretty powerful pc equivalent in the in the ps5 shell or the xbox series x or the series s so I, i i mean yeah i mean i guess so the guts of these things are not like as as unique as they once were. Um, it's just like you know, the switch is essentially a phone. I mean, it, it's these things are not. Yeah, they, all the all the hardware is relatively interchangeable, which is why you see everything being on every platform these days. So yeah, I mean, I I don't. I think the main reason to pick a, pick one platform over another is the exclusives. 
So it's yeah. like, do you, you know, do you, do you want to play uh, God of War? Or do you want to play Halo? You know, you just, you make the, your decision that way. Yeah, that makes sense. It's funny. I, I've never, not since PS2 anyway, I've never owned a PlayStation, not since then. But uh, I mean, it, first of all, the PS5 looks physically gigantic. It's huge. It looks. I don't. I don't have huge. one, but I've. I've heard it's torso sized. Uh, yeah, it looks uh, gigantic. But I tell you what, their exclusives seem pretty great, better than ever to me, or at least more appealing. I desperately want to want to play that new one so much. Yeah, I don't have any any of the new consoles. Yet, I mean, I'm I'm just like not in a rush to get them, and I don't want to pay a premium to like some in the secondhand market. So I'm just yeah. gonna wait till they're more available. I got plenty to fucking play right now. <laughs> I know there's just yeah, there feels like there's just so much more readily available entertainment than ever that I'm like I can I can just you know put my head down and focus on this sector of thing for now, and then yeah, you have basketball coming up again, which is wild. Uh, there's just so much going on. I feel like I can distract myself in this direction and still entertain myself and get some kind of like decompression without spending a ton of money at the moment anyway. I mean, if, if one was, if I just like was at target and I saw one, I'd probably get one, but I'm not in a rush to do it. But yes, there, there, I mean, gaming in general, it's like, if you can game a, 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 even a year behind, but ideally a generation behind, if you're not like, if you don't have to have newness, you can, it's a, it's a very cost efficient hobby. Like if you had an Xbox, not even the Xbox series S, but like, you know, you know, the, uh, uh you know, the Xbox one, like the previous generation, the Xbox, uh, either of those versions and, and game pass, you can play so many games. You can get that hardware for not too much. You can play so many games and for like a monthly fee that's, you know, like the the cost of a streaming service. And it's just there's it's it's very economical to game. Uh, it's just uh, how much do you care about playing stuff that's brand new? Yeah, yeah, it's that that FOMO factor, right? That um, and it may, you know it makes sense. But uh, so it's I don't want to take up more of your time. I know you have your heart out. But, um, yes, thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. Anything you want to point people toward before we wrap it up real fast? Brandon, congrats on 100 episodes. Thank, thank you. you for being aware of and honoring my heart out. Absolutely. Uh, you know, some place, sometimes you give a place a heart out, and they're like, oh, we, but, like, when's your out real? You know what I mean? It, it turns yeah. into a soft out. So, But you're just like, your heart out is at this time. We're going to uh, say it. We're going to remind you of it. And we're going to stick to it. And I appreciate that. Absolutely. So, I, hey. Well, I appreciate it, your time. So, thank it's, you. It's professional. This is professionalism. This is how you get to 100 episodes of a podcast. You respect your guests' hard outs. And that word of mouth circulates, my friends. You think huh. I'm not going to tell the other people I know in the podcasting community that Brandon will respect your hard out? You give him a hard out, this man is going to get you out on time? You think I'm not going to tell people that? Hell, I'm broadcasting it to the world right now. You want your heart out respected? Come on this. To come on this show. Thank you. This is how Call I get on out. Mount Podmore. Exactly. <laughs> Social discasting, I think, should be rebounded as heart out. Okay. Well, just, just a note. Just a, not. I'm not. And it's not an order. That's just an out. Just a no. just a note. I, just an out. I just said. Got <laughs> outs on the brain. You know what? You heard it here first. Episode 101. Heart out. The podcast. The ride. I'm going to rebrand, wow. change it up. Oh, what a momentous day. 
But um, yes, thank you again. Anything you want to point people toward? I know you have things out there. Hey, you know, Doughboys, How Did This Get Played, other podcasts that I host. Check out Earth to Ned on Disney Plus if you're looking for an amusement. Uh, that's a show I wrote for, and um, and I've been enjoying the new Animaniacs. I have nothing to do with it, but it's been entertaining. So that's been that's been a fun uh, dis- diversion as well. Okay, awesome. And Earth and Ed is great. It's such a good show. Oh, God bless you. It was fun to fun to be a small part of. Yeah, it's a it's a great show. So yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Nick, for being on. Really appreciate your time. Please wear a mask. Practice empathy. Be kind to yourself. It's okay to not be okay. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you.